All right. Good morning. Good to see you here. God bless you. Happy New Year. You're in a new year, whether you like it or not, so we might as well get ready, huh? If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand, or ushers will get you the Word of God. Uh, if you're watching by live stream, glad you're here. Get your hand up if you need a Bible, and we want you to look at the Scripture. I believe it'll be in, really benefit you today. We're going to go through a number of Scriptures. Once you get your Bible, go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 6. Matthew 6, so as we begin today... In every one of our lives, every assignment of our life has a birthplace or a starting point. And it's kind of like when you're born into this world, you, you come into this world and that's your, that's your starting point. But everything I am and everything I become is because what I learn. And so Zechariah the prophet said in Zechariah 4.10, he said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. So the things that I learn, they shape me, and even the things I don't learn have the potential to shape me in a negative way. And so it's the same biblically that when you give your heart to Jesus, that's the starting point. But there's some things biblically we must learn. So as you go to, to Matthew chapter 6, in Matthew 6, the Lord Jesus highlights three kingdom principles. He says in verse 2, when you give, not if, but when you give. He said in verse five, he said, when you pray. So there's some things that he highlights. Now, when we pick up today, I, I want you to note the, the next one. It's another when. I believe every one of these are a, a spiritual priority that must come upon our lives, but also a spiritual discipline. So we begin here in Matthew 6, verse 16. Moreover, when you fast. Moreover, when you fast. So the three spiritual disciplines are when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. When you fast. Now, up until about 10 years ago, I, I had heard of the fast, but I'd never done anything with the fast. I'd never thought that it was really useful or I didn't understand why. Let me ask you right now. You can raise your hand here on this. How many of you have never heard of the fast or really studied or done anything with the fast? Anybody in here? It's quite a few. And so that's part of the reason we're talking on this because you're going to see some things that, that take place with the fast today. So when we talk about the fast, it is literally for me to give up a physical craving to fulfill a spiritual need. And when we talk about the fast, the fast is literally to go without food or forms of drink, okay? That's, that's the primary way that you fast, but it's, it's just not to go without food. It's to switch my priorities. And so in that time of fasting, I replace that time of eating with the, the Word of God, with extensive prayer, just seeking God. And I think also that there's other areas of our life that we can call a fast. I, I realize, okay, let me highlight this. The fast is to go without food. I get that, okay? But I believe there's certain things in our lives that, that clutter us spiritually or have a grip upon us spiritually that keep us from serving God like God desires. And so I, I believe you could fast TV. Anybody in here watch too much TV and you're honest about it? Anybody in here, could you fast social media? 
So when I talk about that, I, I, I get to fast as the food, but I can't imagine if someone wants to fast TV or they want to fast social media, that Jesus would look up to the Father and say, Father God, what are they thinking doing that? I don't believe he'd do that. I believe he would applaud it when we say, I, I want a deeper relationship with Father God. So notice he said, when you fast. Not if, but when. So we go a little further. Do not be like the, the hypocrites, the pretenders, the actors with a sad countenance. In other words, that they want everybody to know, woe is me. Look how spiritual I am. And he's saying you don't want to be like the hypocrite. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. And, and so what he's talking about here is their, their goal is not the attention of heaven. I'm more into the approval and the applause of man. So when we talk about fasting, I must ask myself this question. What is my motive to fast? Why, why do I even fast? And I believe some of this will come to light today. But he gives warnings. And notice Jesus' words, how he ends here in verse 16. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, they will have their reward. So advertising fasting is another example of merely external. And, and all forms of self-denial are to be secret without parade. So in these areas of giving, praying, and fasting, it's not for the approval of man. And if you note something, he said, for they have their reward. So within this area of fasting, there's some type of spiritual reward. Verse 17. But you, now he's getting a little personable, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Look presentable. Verse 18, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. Now watch this, watch. And your father who sees in secret, he will reward you openly. So I'm just not to go without food. I'm, I'm to seek kingdom intervention. Anybody in here right now need some type of a spiritual breakthrough in your life? And if you were here last week, we talked about some areas of our life that sometimes they, they dominate us. The area of, of the, the Anakites, we talked about that in Deuteronomy 9. Then we got over in the strongholds in 2 Corinthians 10. Then we got over to the dominion of sin. That was found in Romans 6, every one of those. So there's areas of my life, I, I need some form of a breakthrough. So we have these fasting guidelines out there. And I just want to highlight just real briefly some areas of the fast. There's several different types of fast, okay? There's a full fast where you go without food, okay? Could be three days, could be a day. Could be five days, seven days, 21 days, 40 days. That's huge. You know, I had a guy years ago who looked at me and he said, I, I think I'm going to go on a full fast for 21 days. And I said, hey, pal, have you ever fasted before? And he said, nope. And I said, you're not going to make it. I saw him the next week and I said, how long did you make it? And he said, I didn't make it a day. Why am I telling you? Don't, don't bite off more than you can handle, okay? 
The second area of a fast is called a partial fast. You can find that in the book of Daniel chapter 10. A partial fast could mean something as far as I go without bread, I go without sweets, I, I go with only fruits and vegetables and water. There's what some call a sunrise to sunset fast. I eat nothing from sunrise to sunset. So when I highlight these things, it's not necessarily what type of fast or the length, but what is the motive behind it. Now, I believe this personally. There's some of you in here right now that if you'd never fasted, if you would just fast sugar for one week and begin to seek God in place of that, God would have a great move in your life. And, and I get tickled when people look and say, just sugar? Well, let me help you with that just a little bit, okay? That means this morning when you ate breakfast, no more breakfast cereal because every bit of that. Do you know Frosted Flakes, their middle name, Sugar? <laughs> so no more Frosted Flakes. Do you know that glass of orange juice you had? It was loaded with sugar. Oh, this one's going to hurt. And, and those Pop-Tarts, uh-uh, no more. No more. And the list goes on and on and on. When you look at how much sugar we intake, and so if you go without, it's huge. But let me throw another one out here. How many of you in here could go one week without caffeine? Oh, pastor, don't go there. Don't do that to us. Well, I'm not just hitting the coffee drinkers. What about the Dr. Peppers? And so every one of us, when I looked at the things that are affiliated with, with caffeine, so I'm not just saying to go without coffee or Dr. Pepper, but I am saying I am to replace that with a spiritual priority that says, man, my desire, I want to get closer to God. I, I want to get closer to God. So there's something that's built in with this thing called a fast that only a fast can do for us spiritually. I'm going to show that to you in the Bible. Go back with me two chapters to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Woo. Verse number 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. And there's a nugget of truth right there. Then Jesus was led up by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus' journey to the wilderness was God's idea. God wanted Jesus to have a wilderness experience. Now look what he says in verse one. To be tempted by the devil. The word tempt here literally has the implication, the enticement to sin. So the Lord was led up there to be enticed to sin. So with temptation, it brings an opportunity to every one of us to prove the truth of the word of God. To say, I believe God's word. I stand on the word of God. I'm going to live by the word of God. It's not a sin for you to be tempted. The sin comes when I begin to act on the temptation. I want you to get that with the Lord. He was tempted, but he didn't sin. To help you with that just a little bit, you... You can keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can't keep them from nesting in your hair. Or you can, the birds can fly over your head, you just can't let them nest in your hair. That's the same with temptation. Verse two, now watch this. And when Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. The only reason I read that verse right there is because I want you to see the Lord Jesus. He never did anything that he doesn't ask us to do. Now he's the son of God. He's the risen savior. But if Jesus could do everything that he was called to do on this earth without prayer and fasting, 
Why did he pray and fast? He knew the spiritual significance of what took place. Back to your right, Matthew chapter 17. And when you get here to Matthew chapter 17, the Lord Jesus has things to tell me and you about fasting. Okay, now you got to get this. Watch this. It's incredible. Matthew 17 verse 14. And when they, Jesus and his disciples, had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to them and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. Now I want you to picture this. Jesus comes strolling in. He's with his disciples. And this man comes, drops to his knees and bows. And he calls him Lord. This guy is born again. This guy, he's a child of God. And so he said, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is an epileptic and he suffers severely for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And so he, he tells Jesus right here, he's got seizures and he suffers. And he says he often falls into the fire and the water. Strange. Now if we were to read the same account that you would find in Luke chapter 9, the man tells Jesus, my son has a demon. My son is full of the devil. Now in saying that right there, when he said he often falls into the water and fire, that helps us to understand that. So I, I wonder this, if this man's son didn't have a spirit of suicide on his life. He was possessed. He was oppressed. He was depressed. He had a spiritual heaviness upon his life. So his Physical impairments had a spiritual cause. Is that possible? Yes, that's possible. And just because you're full of the devil doesn't mean you're a bad person. You've just got into things that you probably shouldn't have. And so this is what's happening. So he realized his son's got some spiritual issues and he's needing help. Now when he says this to Jesus... Jesus doesn't blow him off. Jesus doesn't say tough. Jesus doesn't say suck it up, pal. Jesus lets him know what he's going to do. So keep reading here with me. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now evidently they tried, but they couldn't cure him. Verse 17. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation." How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And so he tells them, you got a faith problem. And the only reason he said that, that if we had time, we would back up a couple chapters to Matthew chapter 10. And in Matthew 10, Jesus had deputized them. Jesus had empowered them. And he said this to him. He said, boys, you lay hands on the sick in my name and I'll heal them. He said, boys, you cast out the devil in my name and I'll take care of it. And so this is why he's, he's frustrated with them. This is why he's wanting them to grow up. And so he said, bring him here to me. And so when he says, bring him here to me, you know what he's going to do? He's going to teach them because they need to learn just like me and you. He's going to teach. This is what you do. Verse 18. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Oh, happy day. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? 
Why could we not do it? They were embarrassed and they were also frustrated. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And so the mountain here was a figure for an obstacle or a hindrance, a human problem. Anybody in here got some human problems? Now watch what he ends this verse with. And nothing will be impossible for you. You know what Jesus just said? I take the impossible and I make it possible. Now many times when people think they're in an impossible situation, all the hope in their life has been strained out. They have no hope. But Jesus is putting hope. He said, I'm the one who takes the impossible and I make it possible. And so oftentimes when we read this passage, we stop right there. Jesus didn't stop there. He gives us incredible nugget in verse 21. Now watch this. You got to get this. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Uh-oh. This kind. What kind? Any time in our life that we deal with any demonic or satanic, satanic activity, the only way that it is overcome is through prayer and fasting. That I get in a place in my life where I seek Jesus and I call out to Jesus. But it's interesting. He said this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. So I don't know if you've ever looked at it in this sense. But prayer and fasting is part of our spiritual warfare. That's how we fight our battles. Now here's the question off of that for every one of us in here right now. Are there some spiritual battles in your life right now that you've quit fighting? You've given up? You may have got to the place in your life where you said it's impossible, this will never change. You may get to a place in your life where this type of activity has dominated my, my life for so long. This is how it's always been and this is how it's always gonna be. But what if we just obeyed the scriptures? What if we begin to fast and we begin to seek God in areas of our life where the Anakites, the strongholds, the dominion of sin becomes broken in our lives? But are you willing to fast? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to stand on these areas? Now go with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58. And this, this is a pretty lengthy chapter. You can take a breath. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. We'll break it down into two areas. The first, the first four verses, he gives us some of the issues that are problems in our lives. And then verses 8 through 12, we'll get to those. Whoo, you get ready. You're, you're going to get blessed. And so the subtitle in my Bible over chapter 58, it says, Fasting that pleases God. Anybody want to fast that pleases God? Well, if I'm fasting and I'm not pleasing God, why would I do it? <laughs> Verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. So what he's talking about here is, is their worship. Their worship was not from the heart. He's wanting them to reestablish their priority in worship. 
And, and notice here, he says a couple words. Cry aloud, lift up your voice. Let me ask you something. When's the last time you cried out loud? When's the last time you lifted up your voice loud? And I, that, that may be in your personal life in here. Any of you ever come in here and just really lift up your voice loud? Where you, I make a shout to God. I raise my hands and I, I'm going to worship God from my heart. I'm not worshiping God to impress other people. But it's interesting. You don't cry aloud. You're louder at the football game than you are here. And, and this isn't a form of worship. See, he's, he's getting after him, and I believe he's getting after us. Do, do I just go through the motions? Am I just playing games with God? Then he goes on the next verse, and he says, tell my people. You got to highlight that. He said, tell my people. He didn't say, tell the people of the world. He said, tell my people. So he's telling us as Christians. And it's very similar to what the Lord said in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. When he said, my people who are called by my name. And here he says, my people. And he says, tell my people their transgressions. A transgression is a trespass. You know what that means? As his people, we've done stuff or gone places. We're not supposed to go. And so he said, Tell them my transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. And people in church say, well, don't preach on sin. So you know what his heart here is? He's trying to get his, play, or his people to a place to repent. Evidently, they just started sinning and it didn't bother them, but they got to get to a place where they come and say, Father God, I repent. I repent. Verse 2, yet they seek me daily. They're pious. They act so pious. They're so spiritual. And they delight to know my ways externally. As a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God, they ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in, in approaching God. Now, what he's getting over here is, they're doing all these activities, but their heart's not right. Their priorities aren't right. So you know what that tells me? I can come in here and I can play games with God. I can read my Bible and still play games with God. So these first two chapters, you know what he begins to deal with? The issue of the heart is the heart of the issue. Where's my heart at today? What has this got to do with fasting? Just hang in there. Verse 3. <laughs> Why have you fasted, they say? It's interesting here. Why have you fasted, they say, and you've not seen? You're not interested. Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? You ignored us. In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and you exploit all your labors. And so what he's getting over here. They're fast away right in the heart. They, they were just going through the motions. They were doing it, but not for the right reason. And, and it's almost like, let's, let's bend Father God's arm. It doesn't work that way, Father God. Verse 4. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. 
You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. And, and so their fast turned into times of physical strife. And when he said, your, your voice won't be heard on high, you know what that means? Your prayers aren't even getting off the ground. Your prayers aren't going anywhere. You can fast and you can pray all you want, but I'm not going to do it. So when I read this right here, is there a time in your life or right now where you've prayed and you feel like, God, do you ever answer my prayers? Why does it seem like, Father God, that you're, you're, you're deaf to my prayers? Could it be for this reason right here? My heart's not right. And so when you look at what they did, they had the wrong concept of fasting. And so he dealt with first their worship. He dealt second with their problem of sin. Third, he, their, their works were belied with, with their religion. And the word belied means they, they were walking in lies or they were misrepresenting everything they were supposed to. And the fourth area, they were stinking selfish. They could have cared less about what anybody else was going through. Just about me and my wife, us four, no more. That's it. And so he gets over on their heart. And I want to highlight that because when you go into a fast, it shows me, I got to get my heart right. I got to get my heart right. I got to come before God. I got to call out to God and say, soften my heart. Now that was the hard part, Okay. I'm going to start here in verse 8. And I'm telling you, if you will get your heart right and begin to fast, watch some of these truths. And you are allowed to get excited. You are allowed to say amen, okay? Thank you. Verse 8. Then, then, when your heart's right and you're in the fast, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your light it's like your light will turn on. It's like there will be this spiritual illumination in your life. Do you know in, in Matthew 5, 14, we are the, uh, the light of the world. I mean, everything begins to light up. He said, then your light will break forth. Then he says next, your healing shall spring forth speedily. Not slowly, speedily. Now, when he said your healing will spring forth, he didn't specify what type of healing. Healing's healing. Do you need healed physically? Do you need healed emotionally? Healed mentally? Here's a good one. Do some of you need a relationship healed? Is there errors about? And he promised right here that this was one of the significance that when I fast with the right purpose and the right motive, he said, your healing will spring forth speedily. And I thought some of you would be jumping by now. Okay. Your righteousness shall go before you. Your right standing with God will go before you. It will move you into areas that you never thought he could move you into those areas. And I begin to look at it. It's like the doors open and the doors were the doors of peace and the doors of prosperity according to the Amplified. If you don't want that blessing, I'll take that one too. Peace? Anybody in here need some Peace? Prosperity? The end of verse 8. The glory of God shall be your rear guard. You know the easiest thing I can say about that? God's got your back. God's got your back. God's got my back. 
No matter what it takes, God's got my back. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. So you know what you see right here? You got a direct hotline in your prayers to God. Unlike anything, it's like, boom. I got God's full attention. And notice here he said, you'll call and you'll cry out. I believe we're getting into a season that when you begin to fast and pray, you need a call. You need to cry out. When's the last time you called? When's the last time you cried? When's the last time you shouted to God? You know, that's why my voice is a little froggy. I've been doing some crazy shouting. I've been shouting. I've been shouting. Actually, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. It, it was Thursday. I was in here, and, and I love to come over here and pray. And so... And the Lord just kind of instructed me like he did Joshua. He said, you, you march around this sanctuary seven times. And so this was the starting point right here. Man, I took off. Man, I go. I go. I go. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm praying. I'm just talking to God, moving. I get around here the seventh time, and he said, shout. And I got right there, and I went, woo. And the Lord said, I said, shout. And I, I got a little louder. And the Lord said, I said, shout, shout. The walls don't come down until you start shouting. And I said, why do I shout? And he said, because I told you. Maybe I do a little shouting. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of praise. Now, he goes off to all those blessings and then watch what he gets back into. He gets back into another correction. He said, if you take away the yoke from your midst, and the yoke here refers to all form of political, economical, and social injustice. And notice he said, if, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness. He said, quit giving people the finger. Kind of. You know what I believe he's getting over on in this part? When I start pointing the finger and I start becoming critical of people, do you know a lot of times that's a sign? Not only do I have a hard heart, I, I got unforgiveness within me. So if, if I start pointing my finger at John, I'm, I, I'm not happy with John. And I believe in this area, the Lord's saying, get your heart right. See, again, it all goes back to the issue of the heart. He said, get your heart right. He said, if you would extend your soul to the hungry. In other words, there's more to it than just me. And, and satisfy the afflicted soul. It's more than just me. There's people around us that are hurting every day. You know, there may be people sitting on your aisle right now that are hurting. So, that's their problem. See, he got over that yoke of injustice. I believe through this, through this fast, the Lord's wanting to soften our heart where he breaks my heart with what breaks his. And the Lord Jesus was always concerned about people. Always. Now watch what happens. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness. And your darkness shall be as the noonday. Everything will be turned around. 
Well, get ready. Get ready, verse 11. Now I'm telling you, get ready. The Lord will guide you continually. I'm open to that, Lord. He will satisfy your soul even in drought. And you will, he will strengthen your bones. And you shall be like a watered garden. I'm, I'm kind of a jackleg gardener, okay? I know what a watered garden looks like and a not watered garden looks like. And, and when you got a watered garden, you know what that means? You got fruit. You got some big old tomatoes. But when you don't have water, there is no life. And he said, you'll be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And so when you look at what he's talking about, this is all birthed after a person has a right heart and begins to fast. Verse 12. Those from among you shall build the old places. What this is is a promise of redevelopment from previous conditions. Okay, watch. Oh, this is good. Those from among you shall build the old way places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. <laughs> we just tapped into something that's unbelievable. He said, you will raise up the foundations of many. So when you go on a fast with the right heart, that you are turning foundations that at one time were marked for a generational curse, and you are changing them to be a generational blessing. And this is huge, guys. This is huge. When you look, I mean, in my life, I'm, I'm not just a dad. I'm a granddad. I'm going to be a great-granddad. I'm going to be a great-great-granddad. And so when I look at what he said, because of this spiritual discipline, this spiritual exercise called a fast, it is going to begin to release things from generations to generations to generations. So when you get <laughs> when, when you get into our eternity, all your kids and grandkids will say, Poppy, you were a stud. You don't want to look at them and say, Poppy, you were a dud. I want to be a stud. <laughs> Not going T.D. Jakes on you. And you shall be called the repair of the breach. You are the ones that he will use to fix the broken walls. You will be the restorer of the streets in, he dwells in. And so the Lord will give light, the Lord will give healing, and the Lord will give full restoration. Every one of those. Every one of those. I hope this challenges you to fast. And here's what I want to highlight something here. If you've never fasted before or you have fasted, you got to do something. You got to do something, okay? Say, Father God, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm, 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 I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. I'm going to tell you, one of your greatest prayers when you fast is say this, Father God, I need your strength right now. And when your stomach starts growling, do you know what I found now? That I, I've gotten so accustomed that when I get home from work, 
This, this may shock some of you, but I am a chip and salsa entrepreneur. <laughs> I am addicted to chips and salsa. I mean, Pastor Solomon's wife, Karen, she, she gives me the hottest salsa. I'm the guinea pig. She said, Pastor, you're not a real gringo. You, you got something else in you. So just naturally, when I get home, I start heading toward the, the chips and salt. And I realized the other day, no, 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 no. And I begin to say, Lord, I need strength. I mean, this temptation of salt and chips is wearing me out. I need your strength. But I can tell you something right now. The, the Lord has begun to tenderize my heart again. Just begin to move in my life. Just begin to move in my life. And I got a pastor friend who told me, he said, when I start losing my edge, I fast, even for a day. And so I just don't fast. There's areas of my life that he wants to deal with me. So I'm going to have you stand up here. Don't miss next week. I'm going to be on the other side of that prayer. Well, we, we talked about a bunch there in 40 minutes. I'm just going to have you bow your head and I realize every one of these verses, they may deal with each one of us a little bit differently. But if there's anything that I say that I highlight here that you say, that's me. That's me, Pastor, that's me. I, I welcome you to respond to these altars. See, it does us no good to preach the word of God without giving people an opportunity to respond to God. And so God's gonna begin to move here. And if there's areas where you say, Father God, Draw me a little closer, pull me a little different. I welcome you to come down here, okay? So just bow your head right now with me. Father God, I ask you to go to work in hearts. And Lord, if our worship has not been sincere, it has not been from my heart, I, I've just gone through the motions. Lord, I take, I take full responsibility for that and I ask you to grace me in this area that I, I want to be a worshiper. I want to be one that I'm, I'm not embarrassed to shout and call out to you. And Father God, right now, if there's areas of my life that I've got over and I, I've trespassed and I've sinned and, and I haven't repented from, I, I ask you to, to, to move within me today on that area. And Father God, if I've been selfish, if I've just gone through the motions here, Father God, What if you're here today and you're needing a breakthrough? And so I believe this with all my heart right now. The Lord's wanting to anoint. He's wanting to anoint you with a fresh anointing. A, a tenderness. Have the things of God gotten hard in your life? I, I, I believe this is why we're doing this early in the year. He's, he's wanting to get us where our hearts are so tender going into this year. That all those blessings we read in verses 8 through 12, they'll go forward. So as our worship team begins to pray, or praise, if any of those touched your heart, if you're a person here right now that says, spiritually, I need the spiritual doors to open in 24. I need a fresh anointing, Lord fresh touch of God. I welcome you to come down here. Go ahead, guys. Let's sing.